Welcome to On The Line With. I'm your host, Hanley. On The Line With is an arts podcast with a deep dive on mental health, substance abuse, and many social issues and causes at the forefront of our society. Join me every second Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern as I sit with various guests to discuss their art, personal stories, and inspiration from behind the microphone. You'll be on the line with me, Hanley, every second Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Welcome back to On the Line with Season 2. I'm here with Michelle Hammer from NYC. I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself, let her introduce what she does for the mental health community. This episode is completely regarding mental health, so I hope everybody's ready to listen and tune in. So, Michelle, go ahead. Why don't you let them know what you do and introduce yourself for them. Okay. Well, hey, I'm Michelle Hammer. I have schizophrenia and I live in New York City and I created the brand Schizophrenic NYC to get New Yorkers talking about mental health, especially the mentally ill homeless, donating a portion of profits help them out. It's all about starting conversations because the more conversations we have about mental health, the less stigma there will be. And that's pretty much what I what I do. I have a pop-up shop in New York City. Right now, I've been popping up on the weekends on uh, 48th and 9th. And I just talk to everyone about mental illness. You know, one in five New Yorkers has a mental illness, but, you know, nobody talks about it because of all the stigmas. So my whole thing is, you know, wear big, bold shirts that say things like, you know, I'm mentally ill and I don't kill. Don't be parent, you look great. It's not a delusion. You are incredible. Define normal. And it's just about, you know, being bold, being brash and starting that conversation, because the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the less stigma there will be for mental health. I agree. And and how long have you been doing this for now? A few years now. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And I think I'm, you know, really making a change. It seems like you have a great time doing it. I mean, like when I see your posts, you look happy, you look upbeat, you look you look like you're having like the time of your life. And it looks like you really interact with your followers. And I just noticed how many followers you had today. And I was shocked because at first I thought it was lower. I don't know why I thought it was lower. But when I saw that you had the amount of followers you had, I was surprised. And I was actually proud of uh someone that I don't know that is actually getting the word out there like I'm trying to do with the podcast. I mean, yeah, that's the the whole thing. The more we, you know, get the word out there, the more the mission is, you know, being completed about, you know, talking about mental health. The more people we have talking about it, that's the whole thing. More podcasts, more everybody, more everyone just talking about mental health. I think a lot of it has to do with a lot more understanding as well. As well as putting it out there, there has to be a lot more understanding because there's still a lot of ignorance around the whole subject, I find. I don't know if you agree with that, but... Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, you said you have schizophrenia yourself, right? Yes. And how long have you been diagnosed with that for? Um, at 18, I was diagnosed as bipolar, and at 22, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay, see, see, I'm bipolar myself, I, and, and I have agoraphobia, so I can kind of relate on somewhat of a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is tough. Uh, what do you do to keep your your mood flowing the way it flows? Because I know not everybody's using Instagram as an outlet to say, oh, I'm sad today. But like when you're having your off days, what are you doing to, to lift them up? When I have my off days to lift myself up, I, I try to call a friend or I spend time with friends or maybe I go ride my bike or something, anything to just clear my head. I mean, today I got some bad news. It's been rough, but I've been just trying to call as many people as possible and just talk about it because the more you talk about it, the less it's really going to bother you and just more it's just, you know, 
therapeutic to just talk about what's really bothering you, I feel. Right. So you're you're obviously one to have a major support circle around you. Yes, definitely. And without my support team and all of them, I really don't know where I would be right now. So I do give major thank yous to everyone on my support team. And I give major thank yous to them as well because they're helping someone in need and you're doing the same thing and you're paying you're paying it forward and so I want to thank you first and foremost for doing that. Thank and you. yeah, it's it's crazy because you said one in 5 New Yorkers have a mental illness. That is a big number because that city is a big city. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a big city, so that is a big number. But mostly when you associate New Yorkers with mental illness, you assume that it's the people yelling outside of the subway and, you know, you associate it with that. So you don't want to say you have a mental illness because you don't want to be associated with the people outside the subway just yelling things. But there's so many successful people with schizophrenia or mental any other mental illness, but you just don't know that because people aren't talking about it. So my whole thing is to just normalize mental illness and you say that you completely live a nice, successful life with a mental illness because that's just not what you usually hear on the news. You know, you hear on the news, oh, you know, this person with schizophrenia attacked a person or a group of people, you know. You don't hear that, you know, this person with schizophrenia woke up, had breakfast, had coffee, went to work, uh, everything was fine there. Then after work, went out with friends, went home, maybe watched some TV and went to bed because, you know, crisis is public and wellness is private. So you only hear the bad stories. And that's what I'm trying to change. Exactly. And that's what I mean when I see like newspaper articles or clippings or always the negative, like somebody's committed suicide or or it was a police incident gone wrong with someone with mental health. It's, it's, it's always the negative narrative put on the story rather than what could it have really have been? Could there have been an underlying condition? Like nobody really knows for sure until they're diagnosed or they're willing to go and get checked if there's something wrong because a lot of people are afraid of the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing I always say is that like, you know, I didn't want to have schizophrenia, but being diagnosed with schizophrenia was the best thing that ever happened to me because then I could be treated for the right illness. Exactly. That's very true. And I agree with you there. And that's exactly why I went and got checked to see what was wrong with me and found out I have the bipolar and the agoraphobia because I was having a very hard time being outside. And I figured it was something to do with like maybe a mild agoraphobia, but it turns out it's much worse. It's much more severe than I thought. And my bipolar is much more severe than I thought. So talking about it with people openly has made me feel like I'm not alone when I'm talking about it. There's other people out there there's other people diagnosed with the same thing i mean maybe not my neighbor but the neighbor beside that neighbor may have something similar to me or 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 yourself and you just wouldn't even know because they're very unopen about it because of the stigma yeah totally i i I mean i completely agree with that and the um let's let's talk a little about the uh designing for a second because i'm really i'm really intrigued by that like i saw the uh i saw the mug today the new mug today i think it was the define normal mug yeah that's the one yeah um I do have mugs that say Define Normal. They're pretty cool. They're pretty tall mugs. But, yeah, I have a few different mugs. Um, the Rorschach Test mug and the Dolby Paranormal, like, great mugs. People just love mugs. They just like coffee. They like mugs. 
That's right. People just love mugs, you know? Exactly. But uh, when it comes down to, like, uh, the uh, designing of your stuff, what inspires you? Like, what gives you the ideas behind the designs or what gives you the ideas behind what type of merchandise to create? Well, for a lot of them, I use the idea of the Rorschach test because usually the test is plain black. But when you get a person with schizophrenia to look at that test or just go through life, they see things from a different perspective. So what is I did is that I took my artwork and I put them in the shape of those tests. So now everyone's forced to look at it from a different perspective, getting you to think differently and starting a discussion because only through discussion can you try to reduce your own stigma. So that's how I came up with those Rorschach test designs. And I started really incorporating my artwork into a lot of the designs that I was putting on t-shirts. And then for the slogans, like my first slogan, um, it was really just the tagline of the company of, you know, don't be paranoid, you look great, you know, just for schizophrenic NYC. And people thought it was so funny or just just a good quote that I put it on a T-shirt, you know, don't be paranoid, you look great. And people just started buying it. And then I just came up with other other kind of slogans to put on shirts like, you know, it's not a delusion, you are incredible was the second one. And then I think the one after that was define normal. And then the one to uh, kind of protest some gun violence being blamed on mental illness. We came up with uh, I'm mentally ill and I don't kill. And, you know, they just sell pretty well. And people really like the big, bold statements. And it just kind of happens organically. And I just kind of make whatever I feel like making at the moment. And who knows what's going to pop up? You know, I just just kind of feel like making things as they go. You never know. Yeah, I really like I really like the bold statements like the I'm mentally ill and I don't kill like it's it's very it's it's almost offensive when I hear people talking down on other people. I want to speak up for every single person like when I hear it in public. But like you can't fight every battle that you see because it's going to stress you out, even though I have the the heart to do it. It's just. Do I have the time? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many people that are still on the edge of, is it mental health or is he just gone crazy? Or is she just gone crazy? It's 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 the word crazy that drives me crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if you'd agree on, on, on that part of it. I don't know. Um, I always thought, like, you know, if somebody calls you crazy and you go crazy, maybe that means you're actually crazy. But if somebody calls you crazy... And it doesn't bother you. Maybe you're just not that crazy. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Let's get back to talking. Yeah. Okay. So like you said, it was one in five New Yorkers have a mental illness. What do you think resource wise is missing in in the United States right now? Because I know I'm in Canada. You're in America. We both have different resources that are able to get to and are harder to get to, easier to get to, et cetera. What do you think there needs to be more of in the United States, New York specifically? I just think there needs to be more of a support system because, you know, I kind of started Schizophrenic NYC because I, I mean, I was always talking to myself and I had a roommate that would really call me out on all the hand gestures I was doing. But then I was one day I was on the subway and I looked down the train and I saw a homeless man talking to himself with the same gestures and everything that I do. And then I realized, you know, without my support system of my family, friends and doctor, I could be homeless just like this guy because we do the exact same thing. So what do I have that he doesn't? You know, I have health care. I have a support team. I have everything. But that guy doesn't have any of that. And I think that's what we need. We need a support team for the people that don't have a support team. We need people helping those people getting to their doctors, getting their medication 
and being with them to make sure that they're doing all the right things. Like that's what I have. And I think that's what we really need. And sometimes those medications can be very expensive. We need people to help them pay for those medications as well. Right. So, so you, yeah. you'd be considered one of the lucky ones who have all I'm, the necessary. Yes. People don't understand how lucky I am. I'm like, I'd say that I'm lucky and I have schizophrenia. And people are like, how are you lucky? And I'm like, no, trust me. I'm lucky. I'm extremely lucky. I agree because not everybody in the States and I have a lot of friends and connections in the states and i have a lot of friends in the states with mental illness who have a hard time getting the resources they need and they're battling every day and then i have other people that i've met like yourself who have the health care and have the support circle and things like that and and it makes a major difference like tenfold yeah totally totally it totally makes a difference yeah having a support team is what everyone needs and i think that everyone should be able to have one in in one way or another and for people who are listening but aren't really familiar with like the definition of schizophrenia could you define it for them yeah, sure. Well, well, schizophrenia technically means split mind, but that's not exactly what it is. And schizophrenia has like three types of different symptoms, positive, negative, and cognitive. Positive symptoms doesn't mean they're a good thing. It's like an add-on to your normal experience, like hallucinations or delusions just happening. Negative symptoms don't necessarily mean just negative. It's just that you get very quiet. You don't really talk that much. You just kind of just stay away and you nobody really knows what's going on with you. You're just very quiet. And then cognitive symptoms are the ability to just understand what's going on around you. If somebody speaks to you, are you able to comprehend what they're saying? And those are the three main symptoms of schizophrenia. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. No problem. And uh, you said you were diagnosed bipolar as well. Well, at 18, I was misdiagnosed as bipolar. Oh, misdiagnosed. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's 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 strictly schizophrenia that you're diagnosed with? I, I think. I hope so. I believe yeah. so. <laughs> I hope so, too. Nobody needs to go through another struggle when they're already dealing with one. Yeah. But you seem like a very strong person. I mean, you seem strong-willed. You seem very motivated. And, like, for myself, I mean, today I'm having an off day, and, like, I just didn't want to do anything at all today and that's part of my bipolar but I just got up and sat there just got my mind refreshed and remembered that we have a conversation and I remembered what it was about and it motivated me to get back onto the channel and get the conversation flowing because I know it's important I know it's not just for me it's for other people as well now I'm doing it for others not just myself so yeah yeah. same here I was having a rough day and I knew that you know doing this podcast is important because it helps people so I decided to get myself together and make sure that I did this and didn't try to reschedule or anything. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, so in a big city like New York, your pop-up shop, does it do well? Like, or do you do better online? Um, I do both. But um, right now there's not a lot of tourists in New York City. And tourists are some of my biggest shoppers. You know, with COVID being what it is, there's not a lot of travelers. So um, I used to do better. But I'm still doing okay. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of COVID, how did uh, your mental health go in correlation with COVID? How was it throughout the uh, the worst uh, of it? it? It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. I mean, COVID was not fun. Well, it's still, I mean, is it ever going to end? Uh, who knows if it's even going to end? So who knows? Right. But 
it, it, I wouldn't call it the most fun time of my life, but I really tried to work on, you know, the web and internet. I mean, everyone's got a podcast now, so I'm doing tons of podcasts and just trying to just, you know, make relationships online with different organizations. And I think that's just like the biggest change and, you know, just adjust, adjust, adjust the business plan and, you know, still FaceTiming a lot of friends. So like a lot of people, you know, were are out of work or just, you know, on unemployment right now. So we've got to like FaceTime a lot of people all throughout, you know. So um, not easy, but I mean, could have been harder. You know, I live in the city at least. So when I do walk outside, there are people and there's places to like buy things. So it's not like I'm in the middle of nowhere where really it's desolate. Yeah, so you're not like completely isolated like we were supposed to be at the beginning. Right. And um, so I had a guest on here, his name, he was a hip-hop artist from New Jersey. His uh, hip-hop name is Disease, go figure. And he said that he doesn't want to be diagnosed because he doesn't like the labels that doctors give him. He feels like the doctors in America aren't uh, compassionate enough. And I can't say that I agree or disagree with them because I've never had medical care in America and I've grown up in Canada and never left the border. I've been around Canada, but never left Canada. So I don't know any, anything different. So would you agree with that? Because I want us to ask someone from the United States. I would assume that um, he probably went to the doctor and they gave him a diagnosis that he didn't like. So he decided to ignore all doctors from that point on and probably just doesn't want to take any medicine. He's just kind of in denial is what I'm thinking. Right. I, think I would say I felt that way when I was 18. Oh, likewise. I felt the same way when I was younger. I knew something was wrong with me when I was younger, but just didn't want to go and get the diagnosis. So I feel like he may be going through the same thing just at the age he's at right now. Yeah, I think he's just feeling that way. I mean, when I was diagnosed bipolar, I knew that it didn't make any sense. And I guess all my roommates knew that it didn't make any sense. So when I was 22 and found out I was schizophrenic, you know, I went out to dinner with them and I'm really anxious. I don't know what to tell them. But then I finally just said, guys, I found that I have schizophrenia. And they all just looked at me and they were all like, yeah, duh, like we already knew that about you. So, you know, my best friends already knew that I had schizophrenia, yet I was so didn't want to get that diagnosis. My friends already knew it was so obvious to them. What What do you think gave off to them that you already had schizophrenia? Was it just the uh, symptoms? I would say it was just the constant talking to myself. Right like constantly talking to myself and I always just made excuses and excuses and excuses. Right. But you know, that was just me in denial and them actually noticing the truth. Cause I have a family member who also ha deals with schizophrenia and she also has those symptoms and she'll refuse to take her meds and we're still fighting with her battling every day to try and help her, uh, get back on her meds. What would you suggest to somebody like me in a predicament who has a close family member who refuses to take their meds but direly needs them. You know what? You can't treat people like a baby. So if they don't want to take their meds, they cannot take their meds and see how terrible their life goes. Just leave them alone. You know, here, don't take your meds, live your life and see how miserable you are. 
You can't just force somebody to take them. Let them hit rock bottom. It's true. You can't force anybody to do something they don't want to do. You don't want to take your meds, but you want to eat breakfast. And you want like who's making who's making this guy breakfast, lunch and dinner? His mom? Well, this person's an older adult. In the family. I see what you're saying. So, like, it's a, it's a family member. I don't want to get too into detail, as I promised some privacy amongst my uh, podcast for family. But I do use them as examples when I can as a he, she, or, or a him, he pronoun. I see. And, but, yeah, they're, they're much older. They're in their... They're they're in their uh, mid sixties and they're they they used to be completely on them fine not a symptom and then something triggered them just to stop taking them so it's been a constant war to be honest ever since it's very hard to try and help someone when they don't want to be helped. You know what? I would just stop talking to them. It's. Easier said than done because I live with them. Yeah, I guess, I guess. That's a really hard question to answer. A lot of people do ask me that question. You know, my son, daughter, cousin, husband, brother, sister, whatever, isn't doing as well as you because they won't take their meds. They don't have insight into their illness. How can they get them to act like, you know, more stable like you are? And if I honestly, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be a millionaire. But you can't just force somebody to take their meds. You can't force someone to get better. They have to want to do it on their own. But the thing is, a lot of times, you know, when somebody does get better, they just say, oh, the doctor did it. The doctor is so good. What about the actual patient? Because, you know, the patient is the one that actually does make the difference. So some people need to realize that, too, is that the patient is never the one that gets praised. It's always the doctor that gets praised. Oh, you did such a good job. They're on their meds. No, give them some credit sometimes for actually being the person that takes care of themselves. I feel like sometimes that doesn't even happen. But yeah, I, you know, I really appreciate that sentiment because I haven't heard anybody actually say that. And I've never even thought to that to myself, even though I do praise the people who do get help without consciously having to think about it. I just congratulate them or I, you know, just give them what they deserve. They deserve all the praise they can get for going and getting the thing that they needed handled, handled. And, you know, it's it's always better to know what's going on with you than not because it could be something else and you could just end up with a whole other path than the one you think you're about to take so yeah um i have so many more questions about your like pop-up shop and stuff i'm just trying to think of where to start at and you said it was on what what streets were they on for the listeners if i ever have visitors out there uh 48th and 9th avenue 48th and 9th Avenue. Okay. Um, and what other things do you sell? I know you have t-shirts, you have mugs. T-shirts, mugs, artwork, coasters, pillboxes. The pillboxes are pretty freaking sweet. Um, leggings, sweatshirts, magnets, buttons, bracelets, fun stuff. Everything you need. Everything you need. Do you do like a package and then send the whole package or is it just like people order just T-shirts and then that's it? Or is it like oh, no. a package combo? Well, at NYC online, you can get any of those things. Okay. Yeah. And you have them for males and females. It's it's a unisex site. It has both. Yeah. Males. Totally males and females. Yes. Unisex. I have some women's size like a Rorschach test T-shirts. I still have some of those. 
but mostly everything is unisex and even have like some really awesome bags that I put up with my artwork. I have to make some still that I have to change the website to say that they're in stock. And I, those just came. They're super cool. I just did a flash sale of some really cool artwork on a tank top that I made. And I'm going to do another flash sale with some other t-shirts that I had made. And it's just really, really fun stuff. Just trying to make things happen. And I just can't wait to see what continues having fun. It's always exciting. And uh, how many drops do you do? Uh, like, is it a drop every couple months or is it whenever you just feel like it's time for a new drop? It's whenever, whenever it feels like there's time. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think this has been a great conversation to start. I think we could have you on for a second part in the future if you would, wouldn't mind coming on. Yeah, totally. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at schizophrenic.nyc and check out my website, schizophrenic.nyc. Totally. Yeah, and that's been On the Line with... I'm your host, Hanley, and this has been Season 2 with Michelle Hammer from schizophrenic.nyc. Again, you can find her on Instagram at schizophrenic.nyc or her website, and uh, I'll let you take us out. And uh, yeah, you, you can say your goodbyes if you'd like. Okay, okay. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, Michelle. Thank you.